Let's talk about the man who killed Don Quixote. So coming into this film, I had a lot of opinions, ideas of what this film would be about. I'd seen a couple of Terry Gilliam films before. They're kind of sort of hit or miss. Of course, there's his most famous film, Brazil, which is an absolutely incredible film, and my friend Andrew's favorite, or one of his favorite films. I think it's pretty good, and I think it does a lot with what little it has. I think it definitely could have been better, but I think there's a lot of creativity to the film that kind of makes up for maybe the aspects of it that I didn't really like so much. But knowing about this film when it first came out, I knew how long the film of this took. I knew that originally this film was starting production in the early 90s, and it just had the absolutely worst production hell that anything could ever possibly be in. I mean, it was the epitome of everything you don't want to happen in a production. People died, people got sick, it would be raining, storming, pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And that's kind of very Terry Gilliam-esque. For some reason, a lot of his films have been in sort of production hells. A lot of his work has taken a very long time to get done. It's kind of similar to how a lot of Orson Welles' work was incredibly challenging to get done. Now, the reasons are very different. Terry Gilliam just seems to be the world's most unlucky man, where Orson Welles was sort of blocked by the big wigs of the time, especially after Citizen Kane came out, because they didn't like the idea of this 25-year-old kid being a better director than them, and they had some pretty big egos, and pretty much made the rest of his career kind of terrible, which is why Orson Welles actually wished that he had never made Citizen Kane. He actually said it in multiple interviews that I wish I had never made that film, because he spent the rest of his life not only with his other films being compared to that film, but with his basically every production he ever did just being absolutely torturous. And the same thing was true about this film in a little bit of a different sense. So when this film was first announced that it was finally going to come out, I was very excited back in 2018. But I guess I just never really got around to it. At first, I just couldn't find it anywhere, and then I kind of just lost track. And there's so many other movies to watch that I just kind of moved on and never came back to it. And the last couple of weeks, I saw that it's been on Hulu, which, again, another nod to Hulu, I guess. But seeing that it was on Hulu, I was considering watching the film for a while, and yet I just really didn't feel pulled to it for some reason. I'm going to be honest, when I sat down to watch it yesterday, I still didn't really feel that pulled to it, which is a dangerous way to go into a film. You should really go only into a film that you really love and not necessarily into a film that you're just not sure about or you're just not really feeling that day. Because there are days where you want to watch a comedy or drama or this or that or the other. And I really wasn't feeling this film that much, but I watched it anyways because it's been on my watch list a long time. And I, what I keep doing is I say, oh, I'm going to break down my watch list and watch those movies, but I just keep adding to my watch list and watching movies that aren't on my watch list. So this was kind of an attempt to actually watch something that was on my watch list. And the film opens on this sort of classic, you know, uh, zoom in of a book and they're reading the opening lines to Don Quixote. And I'm like, well, that's sort of a lame way to kind of start a book and it, or a, a film that is, and it feels very 90s-esque and I think that is perhaps one of the if not the biggest flaw of the film is even though it is a film made in 2018 it feels a lot like a film that was made in the 90s it feels very 90s-esque and there's nothing wrong with that there are plenty of great films that came out in the 90s Boogie Nights of course is a great example of that but this film just 
it feels dated, which is weird because it came out in 2018. A lot of it was shot in 2015, 2016 with Adam Driver. So it's really strange that it feels so dated, but it does. And so we open up after that kind of opening scene where it introduces Don Quixote and Sancho, which uh, this book, you do kind of have to have read Don Quixote. There's a lot of it that doesn't really make sense if you don't really understand Don Quixote. Terry Gilliam really isn't interested in explaining that story. And I know it's a really famous story, but perhaps not as famous as, as Terry Gilliam believes or just doesn't care. He doesn't care if he really understand it or not, which is something that goes with a lot of his work. He's not really there to explain things to you. They're just, you know, you either know them or you don't. And that's kind of the end of it. And so we're introduced to our protagonist, I guess you would call him, Adam Driver, who is this big time director. And he's working on this film called Don Quixote. And it's just not really going well. It's in, much like uh, the making of the film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, this version is also not working as he wants it to. He's just, he's super picky and it's just not working right. And so he goes to a, a production dinner with his team and he's just, and everyone's like, oh, you're, you're such a genius. You're so brilliant. You're so great. You're so perfect. You know, you're amazing at everything. And, you know, we're all here to sort of bow at your greatness so to speak and he Adam Driver really sort of buys into it more than he should but he doesn't think he's great he does think he's better than everyone else but he still doesn't think he's great which is kind of a, a strange way to sort of view yourself and makes for Adam Driver to be a really um interesting character not necessarily a likable one if we're being honest and so after the dinner or at the dinner he is sold by a gypsy this DVD, which is actually the first film he ever made, his student film that sort of made him big. And so he goes back to his boss's wife's hotel room and is in the early preparations of sleeping with this woman who has, um, which one of the problems of this film, I think, is that, again, this kind of goes back to the 90s thing, is it, it feels like it has, um, like, if this film was made in, like, 1992, it'd be like, oh, that seems about, like, what, how women were, were uh, portrayed in films in 1992 or 1993. It does not feel like a modern portrayal of women. The female characters are either lustful characters or they're cruel characters. There's very few female characters, and all the female characters are simply just side projects for our main characters, which is just sort of tragic and not my favorite thing in the world, but this female character who is sort of an antagonist is extraordinarily lustful and all she wants to do is have lots of sex with Adam Driver, but he is sort of obsessed with watching his own student film, which is a strange thing to do. And he puts into DVD player, not really wanting to have uh, sex with this woman at the time. And he's watching his first student film and we cut to uh, the first scene we see of the man who killed the Don Quixote, which is, um, I mean, we're getting pretty meta at this point because we have the film we as the viewer are watching, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. The film, the director, Adam Driver, is making Don Quixote. And then he is watching a film he made called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which is just, uh, it's a lot of layers. There's a lot of, a lot of layers to this. You're like, well, wait a minute. And you're trying to kind of keep track of things and it's sort of meta and weird ways and it kind of, um, it certainly plays with reality a lot, especially towards the end. But this is kind of the first moment where things don't really seem to fit right, or there's just a lot of things going on. And like, typically it'd be like, ah, oh, the game really binding, like, isn't that a little on the nose? But because it's sort of 
surreal it kind of works and we cut to the beginning of the student film and it is absolutely gorgeous the black and white student film is honestly the film i wish this film would have been it's an incredibly interesting film all of the visuals are just striking it is absolutely beautiful it is intriguing it is interesting and it is the story that i thought this film was going to be about i thought it was going to be about him making a movie and i and for what's strange is for the first 45 minutes that's what the film seems to be about it seems to be a film about a director coming to terms with his past and also coming to terms with what it means to make film what it means to make art kind of like a stardust memories thing so i was thinking like i'm watching a ton of movies about movies i'm not sure why i'm kind of in that mode right now but that's where i seem to be and this i thought that's what this film was going to be about and again for the first 45 minutes that's kind of what it is it's him going back to uh, where he first shot it and we meet our, our other female protagonist who is only 15 at the time of the student film which is kind of uncomfortable i mean i get it like i'm driver's only supposed to be like eh, 22 23 but it's still kind of weird the relationship is strange it's not the best relation i mean it's um I wouldn't say it's sexual in any way, but it is borderline crossing some lines, some uncomfortable territory. And he goes back to this old town and he's visiting all these old places. He's like, oh, I remember going here and going there. And this is sort of also intercut with flashbacks of Adam Driver, the director, trying to convince this old man that he is Don Quixote for the film. Because he's like, oh, I'm a cobbler. I'm this and that. He's like, no, no, no. For the next hour, five hours, whatever, you are Don Quixote. And there's this important scene where they're at the diner of Raul, who seems to be the only character in this film to actually know the name of. And his daughter is the sort of love interest, I guess, if you call her that. And someone sort of grabs at the daughter in, again, a sort of sexual way, which is just, just a little bit uncomfortable. And Javier, or the old man who now sees himself as Don Quixote sort of plays Don Quixote and for the rest of the film he believes himself to actually be Don Quixote. He's like, that's great, that's great. And Driver kind of plays into this in a bit of a dangerous way that you can see that it's hard for the old man to separate the line between reality and the film. But Adam Driver doesn't really care that much. He is a student filmmaker. He's well, he wants to make the best film he can, so he doesn't really care about anything else. And so he's back visiting his town. He talks to Raul again 10 years later, and Raul's like, yeah, my daughter became a prostitute, which is, uh, again, it, it reminds me of, um, of this book I was reading, talking about kind of the early novels and how they don't really represent women, and even when there are female characters in the early novels of, say, the late 1800s, early 1900s, typically female characters are always at the behest of male characters or they're prostitutes. That's really only the roles that they have, which isn't great. And the fact that she becomes a prostitute is just not my favorite thing. I mean, it's fine. You can make films about prostitutes, but it just feels a bit like a cop-out. So he's like, oh, no. I'm just like, oh, no, she's a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. And he's driving back to set and he sees a sign that says Don Quixote's lair or whatever. And so he goes... Uh, to this like abandoned, perhaps not abandoned, but like this farm ranch style Spanish thing going on. And he meets this old woman and she's super mysterious and he pays her money and he walks into this trailer and he sees his student film being played on a white sheet. And he's sort of mesmerized by it and he walks to the white sheet to the other side because he hears a voice and he sees it's Javier the old man. And at this point, we the viewer and 
um, Driver realized that Javier still believes himself to be Don Quixote, and he sees Adam Driver as his Sancho. And he basically attacks the woman who begins tasing him for some reason. I don't really understand the logic of it, other than I guess she makes money. But he attacks her, which I guess is sort of fair since she is tasing him pretty much to death. So he attacks her. The room catches on fire. Of course, it just so happens to catch a bale of hay on fire, which is in this horse carriage. And the horse carriage runs to the town. And Adam Driver's freaking out, and he just drives off. So he's back on set, and we find this group of police officers there. And Adam Driver's like trying to be all cool about it. But, of course, they sort of realize that, well, he pretty much started the fire. So they take him into the car with the gypsy, who is a strange character. It very much reminds me of a Puck-like character in the sense that he's this nefarious character who is always causing problems in the film. But he's also the person who creates the resolution. He is sort of this, uh, he plays fate in a lot of ways, and especially in this film, he's your do ex machina that we just sort of buy into. So the police are driving through town, and there's this sort of parade going on, which, again, parallels the parade happening in the student film, and this is something that happens a lot in the film, where time sort of meshes together. At times, Adam Driver is himself now, at times he is him as he was in a student film, and of course, they use all the same actors they do for the... They were 10 years ago as they do now, which typically I'm not a huge fan of. Like, just find other actors. But I think works really well in this film because it's sort of creating that surreal space of all of time existing simultaneously and things just kind of overlapping each other. So the police officers take the gypsy and Adam Driver out into the middle of nowhere where they find Don Quixote stopping in their way. And a series of silly events happens, basically pretty much killing these police officers, and Adam Driver gets away only to be followed by Don Quixote, where he is attacked because Don Quixote believes that it is Sancho. And Adam Driver is still a bit confused at this point. He, he's still trying to wrap his head around the idea that uh, this man they worked with 10 years ago now genuinely believes himself to be Don Quixote, but through a series of silly and ridiculous acts, he sort of realizes that he has to play into it. It's his only way to freedom because he can't go back to town. There's police officers everywhere. He needs to figure out how to get away, how to survive, basically. And I, I think this is one of the problems of the film is at this point, the film transitions. It's no longer a film about a director making a movie. It's now this sort of surreal, magical realism film having him wander around. And I think what lacks in the middle act and honestly pretty much close until the end is a motive there's no real reason why anyone does anything obviously don quixote thinks himself as this character who's going around you know saving people being a knight but adam driver's motivations at this point are just really unclear and why he do does what he does just doesn't really make a lot of sense and he kind of just fumbles himself from one place to another i think this film fails in the way that butch cassie and the sundance kit uh, succeeded, you know, for a good 30 minutes of Sundance, of uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kit, it's just them wandering around, and it works because they have a very clear motivation of why they do what they do. In this film, Adam Driver is just kind of wandering around, and there's no real reason to it, and I just don't think it works, and to be honest, it's sort of boring and entirely unrememberable. So they go through these series of acts, and Adam Driver falls behind, and he finds this 
basically mountain, well not mountain, but like this big bag of, of Spanish gold coins. Like 1500 style Spanish gold coins. And he's like, oh, well I, well I gotta hide these in Don Quixote's walking away. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna hide them in this mine. And of course he, he falls down into the mine where he, just like the many ex machinas of this film, runs into Angelica and Angelica, Angelica as, as I believe her Spanish name is, who is the same Raul's daughter, the same woman he worked with 10 years ago, who at the time was just a 15 year old girl, but is now a presumably 25 year old prostitute. And they have a bit of a conversation. He's like, I mean, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you. And this is perhaps one of the few moments where any of the female characters have really any say in what they do and have any sort of three dimensionality. And she's like, you know, I, I'm happy being where I am. Like, I, I don't want you here to save me. I, I don't need you here to save me. I'm fine just being me. And it's, of course, paralleling, uh, again, this idea that Don Quixote sees himself as this sort of savior, right? He, he's saving people, but if you've read the book, you know that he's not actually saving anybody. He's delusional. And in the same way, Adam Driver, even though he perhaps doesn't see himself as Don Quixote does, he is a bit delusional thinking he can just save this woman or this woman needs to be saved that she's at this damsel in distress which she isn't at all and this sort of mysterious event happens where this you know guy with a camera like takes pictures of them and then she rides off with this man off to wherever and I'm driver you know convincing Don Don Quixote and still playing as Sancho, although at this point he's sort of playing as Sancho for, as he has been really through the whole first part of the film, to sort of placate the old man and just kind of get what he wants. And so they they, they go off and, and follow this woman and they they meet this, this knight in, sh in shining armor. And the man says, you know, oh, I, I, I've killed Don Quixote and, and you're not Don Quixote. And it, it's... It's sort of strange and it mirrors this scene that happened earlier, which was a dream sequence, which I'm not a fan of, which like takes place in like medieval times and Adam Driver thinks that like, oh, you know, he's he's really Sancho and and they're they're really back in like medieval times. Of course it ends up just being a dream and doesn't really have any sort of consequences, which is one of the big problems of this film. I don't really understand what the stakes are, I don't really understand what the consequences are, I don't really understand why people do the things they do. So you're not really, as a viewer, really under, understanding what's going on. But he challenges Don Quixote to this, like, joust. And Don Quixote goes to joust him. But uh, Adam Driver's like, well, what about me? What happens to Sancho? Like, I, I don't want to die for you. And Don Quixote turns around and attacks Sancho. And Daily Knight thinks, like, oh, it's over. And then, basically, Don Quixote turns around again and attacks this knight in shiny armor, which at this point, as he falls to the ground, we release or take off his helmet and we find out that the man under the helmet is Raoul. And both Raoul and this witch, enchantress, whatever you want to call her, next to him, her are just people from the town that just want to help Javier, who still believes himself to be Don Quixote. They think, you know, maybe if we kill Don Quixote, he'll become himself again. He'll come back to normal. We just want him to be himself again. We don't want him to be someone else. We don't want him to be delusional. It's sort of, um, there's almost a reminiscence of an Alzheimer's or a dementia here. Someone who believes himself to be something they're not anymore. But it it fails. And I think part of the reason it fails is because Don Quixote wins the fight and Adam Driver really isn't helping the way he should be. And I think at this point you can see that Adam Driver isn't being Sancho so much for his own benefit, but he thinks that the only way for 
Javier, the shoe cobbler, Don Quixote, whatever name you, well, the old man, whatever name you want to call him by, it's the only way for him to stay safe is to kind of exist in the, in the delusion because to take him out of the delusion is more dangerous than just sort of keep him in it. Sort of like how in Watchmen, is that the film that's in where everyone, you know, a bunch of Alzheimer's patients live in like the 60s or it's just like this little town within the film where basically everyone lives and they think that they still live in the 60s even though of course they don't actually live in the 60s. And so we, we continue on with Don Quixote and Adam Driver and they fumble upon the crew of or Adam Driver's crew for his film. And he's like, oh, thank goodness. And he's like, oh yeah, we're all going to this big castle and it's gonna be like this big uh, costume party, all medieval, of course. They're like, yeah, bring your old man friend there. That will be lots of fun. And you can tell that they're kind of doing it in jest. They're definitely making fun of this old man and they do not have good intentions for him. Adam Driver sort of hesitates, but he's kind of over Don Quixote too. He's gone through a lot of trouble and he's just kind of over it. So they all go to this costume party and they get all dressed up and they start poking fun at the old man and kind of playing into his fantasies in a way that Adam Driver sort of did in the beginning, but not what Adam Driver is doing now. It's definitely very cruel and mean. It's definitely at his expense. In a way that Adam Driver was really never at the, his expense. He was at, you know, at most he wanted what he wanted for himself. At the least he, you know, was trying to placate this old man. But these people are clearly there to torture this old man, which is kind of cruel. And at this costume party, we again come upon Angelican, who is the poor prostitute, whatever name you want to give her, to the now antagonist who is just this purely evil person. He's basically, uh, as they literally say in the film, a, a, a Donald Trump type. And I don't mean to be political, uh, but basically someone who is incredibly wealthy and strange and weird and just gets what he wants always. He's basically acting like a child in this film. And he, our antagonist, eats some sort of candy or sweet or something and he drops it on his shoe and he forces Angelican to lick it off his shoe, which is just a really <sighs> uncomfortable moment, <laughs> which I think the only way to explain it is to go into the next scene. Adam Driver goes up to the roof and to kind of console Angelican, and she's like, I don't want to be consoled. Like, I don't really want, you know, I'm, I'm happy here. I'm fine with this. I'm happy. You know, he's showing me where my place is, which is, uh, <sighs> again, it just, uh, <sighs> I mean, I get like this idea of, you know, sometimes the abused will sort of uh, create this mentality that, you know, this is their choice, this is what they want to do, they're creating this arbitrary sense of uh, a locus of control when the fact is that they don't really have the control that they think they do and they're just trying to take control of things, but it's done in a way that makes this character feel weak and it's just not great. And I do like the idea of Adam Driver thinking that he can save her and her being like, I don't want to be saved. I think that's a really interesting idea. And he's kind of offended at this, and he throws the Spanish coins that have been in his pocket this whole time. And she just walks away, you know, just pissed off. And he looks down, and he sees that they're not Spanish coins at all. They're just pieces of trash. They're just pieces of iron, basically. And I admit, as, as a viewer, I was confused at this moment. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what is real and what isn't? And it's clear that Adam Driver himself is struggling to figure out where reality ends and where this imagination begins, he, he's starting to become sort of confused with reality and, and not reality. But that also means that much earlier in the film, when he first found Spanish coins, he was also a bit delusional, which it doesn't really 
explain how that came about or why that is the case. And so they have this big event at the expense of Don Quixote, and they do this big thing to sort of make fun of Don Quixote. It's, it's this big sort of event, and at the end, everyone's laughing at them, and Don Quixote feel, realizes that he's being made fun of. He still thinks he's Don Quixote, but he thinks that he's being made fun of. Nam Driver goes to console him, and Don Quixote is, or Javier, whatever, is clearly down in the dumps. He still believes himself to be Don Quixote, but he recognizes that he's been made fun of. Everyone has been laughing at his expense, and Adam Driver feels bad, but when he tries to express his pain to his boss and the other people at the event, they said, you know, you didn't do anything either. You were just as willing to stop him so you could, you know, fund your film. You're no better than us, which Adam Driver responds to with violence. And at this point, his relationship is complicated because him and Helican, I guess, are on good terms again. And he's like, hey, let's run away. She's like, great, let's run away, which is confusing. And so they go to run away. And as they're leaving the castle, he's like, I gotta say Don Quixote. And he goes back for Don Quixote. And Don Quixote uh, basically just refuses, which isn't great. And they end up capturing an Helican who, you know, is, is taken away. And Adam Driver goes off after him only to basically just fall right off his horse. So he comes to, and the whole plot is discovered. The bad guy knows what he has done. Uh, the boss knows that he's been sleeping with the boss's wife. Basically everything that Adam Driver has been trying to hide is no longer hidden. So they leave the room and Adam Driver tries to escape again in this sort of surreal scene. And he, he runs outside, he runs outside and there's this fire going and they've lit, Litten? Lighted? Uh, and Helica's basically on fire. And Adam Driver's freaking out and he's like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And Don Quixote comes in and he's like, I'm here to help. And, you know, in his distress or what have you, and Adam Driver's kind of flailing about, Don Quixote falls out the side of the second story and down onto the ground. At this moment, Adam Driver looks back to the woman on fire and Helica on fire and we see that she is not actually on fire, but this was just a delusion of Adam Driver's mind that it was basically just like a couple of, of ribbons and you know people holding torches but it's not like he was tricked into believing that she was on fire he's clearly gone mad at this point and you know he he goes downstairs and he's like Don Quixote it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay you know I'm Sancho and at this point Don Quixote realizes that he's not Don Quixote that he is again Javier the chew cobbler and that is when he passes away and then we cut to pretty much our final scene, which is Angelican and Don Quixote. Angelican, excuse me, Angelican and Adam Driver going back to the village where Javier is from. And they said, oh, they're going to bury, they're going to bury me. And Adam Driver starts saying these strange things. And it comes to the viewer's attention that at this moment, Adam Driver believes himself to be Don Quixote. And the next scene that takes place is this really drawn out scene where Adam Driver is attacking this giant which um i mean it's fine i guess the scene's kind of boring and to be from the very beginning it's very obvious what's going on honestly they could have just kept the windmill like you don't really need to show the giant i get it kind of homage to like the beginning of the film but it's just kind of this long drawn out scene that we kind of get almost immediately and it just takes way too long like yeah we know he thinks he's don quixote and he thinks that and Helicon is Sancho, and like that's how the film ends, basically. Which is it? 
it's drawn out and boring and it's like yeah we kind of got that like in the first 10 seconds and you gave us another like 10 minutes of it which was just entirely unnecessary so overall i'm only going to give this movie a 5 out of 10. i don't think it's a bad film i just don't think it's a good film either i have all the love in the world for terry gilliam and the fact that he had the opportunity to make this film and that you know anyone can stick to any film for 25 years but the story is all over the place. It doesn't seem to know what story wants to tell. It seems to want to tell a lot of different stories, but can't seem to keep track of what story is what. At the beginning of the film, it seems to be about a failed director or a director who can't seem to figure out what he wants to do. And then it's sort of about Don Quixote, and then it's not. It just, it's not really clear what the movie is. It's not clear what anyone's motivation is. It's not really clear what the stakes of the film are. And worst of all, the film's just kind of boring. I think it feels like a film that's trying to be funny and it's there are moments that are funny but I felt a lot of times like laughing not because it's like so funny laughing but because I felt like awkward like oh I should be laughing at this way it just it was a boring film which I think is the worst thing you can possibly say about the film but all the love to Terry Gilliam and until next time.